Welcome to the DFW Child Podcast, a place for local parents to tell their stories, share mom truths, and dig deeper into real issues, all while celebrating this crazy, challenging, beautiful journey called parenthood. Let's welcome our host, Brittany McElroy. I love this time of year, the music, the decorations, But one thing we don't really need at our house is a bunch of toys that my kids are going to play with a few times and then throw in the toy bin to just sit there. Don't get me wrong, I love watching the excitement of opening presents on Christmas morning, but we have enough stuff piled up in our playroom. A few years ago, there was a big push for experience gifts for both kids and adults. But in the wake of COVID, those are less appealing. Actually, last year for Christmas, I got my husband a different date for each month of the year, something special and different beyond just running to grab dinner together. We got through February and have not done any of the other dates. It ended up not being as great of an idea as I thought. Thanks, 2020. Since most of us are probably looking at the more traditional toys and things for Christmas gifts this year, I wanted to know. What are some of the best things I can get my kids that won't end up sitting in the toy bin collecting dust after a few weeks? So I got a hold of Susie Allison. She runs the Instagram account Busy Toddler, where she has more than a million followers. She has a background in early childhood development and three kids of her own, ages four, five, and seven. I think the first big thing that we need to do with toys is we need to kind of define what toys are and what their purpose is. And as adults, we view toys very differently than how kids view toys, obviously. And when we look at toys from the child perspective, we need to remember that this is the child's tool for their play. And when we think about play in childhood and we know that play is, this is the epitome of childhood and this is how the kids are learning. So when we think about toys in that kind of frame of mind, we realize that this is a tool that the child needs to use for their play. And just like we want great tools in the kitchen and great tools in our garages and great tools in the backyard, we need to have great tools for our kids. And when we open a kitchen drawer and it's full of clutter and it's full of junk and things we've collected from, you know, from college and from early marriage and things like that, we get overwhelmed. And we oftentimes will stand in front of our kitchen drawers and we'll start paring things down. We'll go, you know, I don't really need this. And suddenly we have this very nice drawer of really usable kitchen utensils. And that's a broad analogy for kids and toys that while we might think that what a kid needs is an overflowing bin of toys because they need a lot of options, well, they don't. They just need a few options and they need to be the right options. And the best way that we can frame toys and the best way that we can categorize toys is one and done toys and these kind of open-ended toys that will grow with our kids. So when we're thinking about one and done toys, those are typically the toys that are making our blood boil as parents. They take up a ton of room. They have batteries. They sing weird songs. They ask the kids questions. The kids maybe push a button or two. They light up. They kind of do a song and dance. Oftentimes these toys take up a lot of room in our houses and the child uses them for a really limited amount of time. And then on the other side, we have these called open-ended toys. And an open-ended toy is a toy that a child can use at various stages, various ages, various developmental levels. And they can change that toy and make that toy whatever they need that toy to be. That sounds great, but what are some examples of these open-ended toys? For starters, a simple set of wooden blocks. 
And a set of wooden blocks for a child is gonna be used very differently at 18 months old than it is at eight years old, but it's still going to be used. And an eight-year-old is still going to sit down with blocks and play with them. And we can't say the same thing for the light-up toy that that 18-month-old has. That light-up toy that they're sitting with isn't gonna translate all the way until they're eight years old. That's going to be a one-and-done toy that the child isn't gonna grow with. So I think the best thing we can do as we're looking at our holiday shopping is to remember that quantity isn't the most important. Quality of toy is, and quality doesn't mean expense. It just means that the toy has the most use and the most value for the child. And then just to make sure that we're really not overwhelming the kids with toys. And if we go back to that kitchen drawer model, when we open a kitchen drawer and it's overflowing, we get frustrated and we can't find what we need. And kids feel the same thing when they can't find what they need to do that hard work of play. And then they end up saying they don't have anything to do and they're bored. And that becomes a whole other bag of worms. Other open-ended toys she says will probably get a lot of use include any sort of building toys. For example, magnetic builders like Magnetiles. There are a bunch of other brands out there too. Legos or marble runs if your kids are past the stage where they want to put everything in their mouths. These all promote critical thinking and can get more complex as kids develop. She also recommends toys that promote life skills and social skills. Those might be your kitchen toys or having a fire station, a dollhouse, a garage. If you can have one, not necessarily, not a giant toy, but a well-sized toy, like a toy kitchen or a dollhouse. And I call those the watering hole toys. And those become the toys that become the center focus of the play for the child in the house or the children in the house. So my daughter has this beautiful dollhouse in her room. It's a very simple, basic dollhouse. And that dollhouse is used by all the kids in my house. It's on fire uh, often. It's rescued. It's a vet station. It's a doctor's office. It's the school. It has all these broad ranging capabilities all wrapped around her building, her social skills, and my son's building their social skills. And they use it all around this quote unquote watering hole toy, which for them is this really beautiful dollhouse. Another kind of toy that's great for kids is anything that promotes dramatic play and that imaginary play. And so those are toys like tiny animals, little dinosaurs, people are great for imaginary play. And those toys are going to work their way into your watering hole toy and into your building blocks. And they're all going to mesh together. And then I would say the last area that's really important is some sort of an empathy toy. Every child needs empathy toys. And that might be different for each child. It might be a doll and dolls are very gender neutral. That is a subject I can go on and on about. Dolls are very gender neutral and every child needs a doll. They need somewhere that they can practice future parenting skills, doctoring skills, empathy skills, care skills. They need to be able to practice all of those skills. And a doll is a great way to do that. And stuffed animals are another great way to practice empathy, just to have an item that they're caring for and that they're loving on and they're practicing those skills that they're seeing in us. They see our care skills for them and then they translate those down, they practice them. So when you're thinking about your open-ended toys, if you can think about toys that promote a social skill, the watering hole kind of toys, building toys, uh, life skill, the independent dramatic play skills, and then skills for empathy. Those are kind of the big hitters of toys. Another great thing about most of these types of toys, many have expansion packs, so you can get your kids new and different pieces to add to them over time. This can be especially great if you have multiple kids who get toys passed down to them. 
I'll give, you know, the little, the, oh, we've got the windows now is what they got for their birthday. And oh, the cars is what they got for their birthday. Trains is another one that's a really easy add-on toy. You can just keep the train collection building and it's expensive. Trains are expensive. So one little expansion pack every year is so great and so beautiful for it. A dollhouse is a great one, a play kitchen. Those have expansion packs. There's different kitchen utensils. You don't need to feel like you have to buy everything for the dollhouse or the play kitchen the moment you bring it home. Let it marinate, let it simmer, let the child show you how the child's gonna play with it. And then as it comes to their birthday and other holidays, you can start to add in the other expansion packs and the other accessories that that toy might need. Legos, Lego do clothes. A lot of those building toys are always going to be the ones that I go back to and say, these have the best expansion packs and just look for what else you could add on as opposed to bringing an entirely new set of toy into the house. After a quick break, we talk stocking stuffers. But first, here's an update on an exciting event we're working on at DFW Child. Studies show that there are undeniable benefits of preschool, including getting your child kindergarten ready, teaching them to follow directions, and providing opportunities for play and social development. The human brain grows at an exponential rate between birth and age six, and there are many benefits to maximizing this prime time in their lives to create a lifelong love of learning. Join DFW Child on January 15th as we host Project Preschool presented by Children's Health. This virtual free event allows you to meet the experts from local preschools and child care centers in our area. Register today for this free event and join us throughout the day to interact virtually with administrators or explore on your own. Learn more at dfwchild.com slash project preschool. This week, we are talking all about making the most of the toys and gifts you give your kids for Christmas so you don't end up with a bunch of toy clutter. One of the places we can fall into that is cheap little trinkets for the stockings. It can be so tempting to pick up things from a dollar spot at the store, but Susie Allison with Busy Toddler has a strategy for stocking stuffers to avoid things that will clutter up that junk drawer. The way I approach it is I use it as a chance for us to build our supplies and to build our art kits and our activities and things like that. So I, I get things that we actually need and that they'll actually use. Stockings can become something that's very expensive and it can end up being something that just is filled with candies and, and those trinkety little toys that we all know are just going to end up at the bottom of the toy bin at the end. So instead, if we can think, well, they need crayons. They love post-its, they like stickers, stamps, flashlights. Flashlights are huge, every year flashlights. If we can kind of reframe it into a chance for us to build up the supplies that the kids need anyways, then it is cost-saving for us. And it's really beneficial for them because then they have ownership over these materials that they'll later use for their art and their creations and their crafting. And Susie says getting rid of toy clutter can actually help engage kids with their toys more. And I think the other thing to think about is just to really audit the number of toys that you have right now, pare it down as best you can. Remember that kids get overwhelmed by the clutter and they get overwhelmed with too many choices. And if you have a child who is struggling to find their play during a day, look at your toys thoughtfully. It could be that there's too many options and the child can't make a choice. It could be that the child just can't find what they're trying to play with. And so then they just they give up. If you have family members who love to spoil your kids, 
it's okay to let them know less can actually be more. We were in that situation a couple of years ago. We had this Christmas where we ended up with so many gifts and toys for each kid. And the kids by the end of Christmas were so overwhelmed by just the gift opening process and so overstimulated that it really put a damper on that Christmas. And not to say that we weren't grateful or just overwhelmed with the generosity of our relatives, but our kids' mental health matters. And, and also sort of matters the finances of the grandparents. We want to make sure that what they're spending their money on is something that's used and is something that's valued and something that adds love and joy to the child's life, as opposed to something they open, they look at it and they kind of toss it to the side, or maybe they, they see it once or twice. So what we ended up having to do was kind of talk to the grandparents and just say very honestly, thank you so much for loving our children. Thank you for being so unbelievably generous. When we looked at last year's Christmas, there ended up being so many toys that the toys didn't get played with the way that they should have gotten played with. So we're asking everybody to limit to just one or two gifts, two or three, depending on who we're talking to for the kids, because it does all add up with my family. We have three kids. And so if each grandparent is getting each kid four toys, well, that's 12 toys right there. And it's two sets of grandparents. So that's 24 toys. And then we add the aunts and uncles. And all of a sudden we're talking about a number of toys. that is almost unfathomable to think it's going to come into your house and to be a part of your life. And I really do wrap it when I talk to grandparents, when I talk to aunts and uncles, I, I talk about that expense and that I want the child to remember that you gave them that toy. But if everybody gives them so many, then, then the child loses that connection to that toy and they forget who gave it to them and who thought of them and who was generously bestowing this upon them. And so when we limit it down, you know, our, my aunts and the aunts and uncles we have, they each give one gift to each kid. And that makes that gift so unbelievably special and so unbelievably cherished that it becomes worth so much more to the child than if the child had opened five gifts from that person because they got this one beautiful, amazing toy and they had that connection to that person. So I think the biggest thing we can do is to come to our relatives from a place of just absolute thanks and graciousness and a hope that we can all wrap around and see that what we're all trying to do is love on these children and raise these children to be the best children that they can be. And here's one way that we can all really easily help is we can really just limit and we can remember who the gift giving is for. It's for the children. It's not necessarily, you know, the more gifts we give and the better we feel, but we need to remember and honor the child and the child's development. Some great things to think about of how you can make the most of those toys beyond Christmas morning. Again, you can follow Susie at Busy Toddler on Instagram. She has tons of ideas of great activities to do with your kids. She also runs a website for Busy Toddler and just released her first book, The Busy Toddler's Guide to Actual Parenting. You can find that on Amazon. You can also find some great gift guides for kids of all ages on dfwchild.com. There's great information about tons of holiday events happening all over the DFW area there too. This is our last episode of the year. Thank you so much for joining us as we have navigated 2020 together. We hope you and your family have a wonderful holiday season and a very happy new year. Be sure to follow DFW Child on Facebook and Instagram so we can continue the conversation and check out the helpful parenting resources on dfwchild.com. Until next time.